you. You may be seated. Let's open our Bibles for the reading of God's Word to Psalm 119. Did something a little bit differently than I normally do. We're reading some verses that deal with what we're talking about today, but we're not actually going to be preaching from this passage. Psalm 119, verses 1 through 16. Psalm 119, beginning verse number one, the Bible says, Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are they that keep his testimonies and that seek him with the whole heart. They also do no iniquity, they walk in his ways. They ha- thou hast commanded us to keep thy precepts diligently. Oh, that my ways were directed to keep thy statutes. Then shall I not be ashamed when I have respect unto all thy commandments. I will praise thee with uprightness of heart when I shall have learned thy righteous judgments. I will keep thy statutes, O forsake me not utterly. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. With my whole heart have I sought thee. O let me not wander from thy commandments. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Blessed art thou, O Lord, teach me thy statutes. With my lips have I declared all the judgments of thy mouth. I have rejoiced in the way of thy testimonies, as much as in all riches. I will meditate in thy precepts, and have respect unto thy ways. I will delight myself in thy statutes. I will not forget thy word. Uh, We're going to be looking at the idea today of reading the Word of God. And uh, the Psalm 119, uh, the whole chapter of Psalm 119 deals with the Word of God. Uh, But we're going to be looking at various passages. But if you'd like to turn to Revelation chapter 1, we'll look at the verse that is our text this morning there in just a moment. Uh, Let's go to the Lord in prayer uh, before we begin. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would just speak to our hearts today. I pray that you would fill me with your Holy Spirit, that I would say what you want me to say. Speak to our hearts, I pray, and guide and direct our thoughts. In Jesus' name, I pray these things. Amen. Uh, Revelation chapter 1, verse 3. We'll look at that verse in just a moment here. But this is the first Sunday of 2024. It's kind of confusing me because the uh, 31st was on Sunday last time, and it felt like the first week of the, of the year, uh, being New Year's Eve and such. And I uh, kind of did the vision Sunday last week, uh, kind of given an idea of where we want to go as a church. And I introduced the theme for this year, the, uh, the time is at hand, coming from for, uh, Revelation chapter 1, verse 3. By the way, I'm so glad that you're starting the year off right, being in church, amen? And uh, let's be as faithful as that we can. I know there are times that, that we're sick or that we have to work possibly or traveling or other things, but be as faithful as you can to, God, uh, to the house of God. Uh, if you're able to, Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night, uh, you need the preaching of God's Word. If you're not able to come on those other times, uh, listen to the live stream throughout the week. And, uh, you know, and just and get, get the Word of God as often as you can. Uh, I believe with all my heart that God has put you here in this church, and God uh, gives me the, uh, the vision of what He wants us to learn in this. Now, is that the only thing you can learn? Of course not. I hope it's not. Amen? I hope you're learning a whole lot more than what I'm preaching uh, but um, I do believe that God wants to speak to our church uh, through what He helps, uh, what I've planned out. 
And uh, so I, it's always disheartening whenever you work so hard on something and then no one's here to hear it. Amen. <laughs> uh, so just be as faithful as you can. And I trust that if you're not able to be here, that you'll find a way to listen to it online, uh, YouTube or Facebook. Last week, I did, again, I introduced our theme for 2024, The Time is at Ham and Hand. Uh, this theme is from Revelation 1-3. If you'll read it with me today, the Bible says, Blessed is he that readeth, and they that hear the words of this prophecy, and keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. And I, let me tell you, the time is at hand today, amen? Uh, it's getting closer and closer. He said, do you believe the Lord will come back any moment? I, I believe he can come back any moment, amen? I know people have believed that they're going to, he's God, Jesus is going to come back in their lifetime since the time of the Bible was being written. Uh, and I think every generation after that has thought, how much worse could it get before, the, before God comes? But I'll tell you, it, it can get worse, amen? Uh, the Bible says, as in the days of Noah, and there was only eight people that were righteous enough to obey and get on the ark, amen? Uh, praise the Lord, at least we have more than eight people, Amen. And I don't think it'll get down to the point to where there's only eight people. But the bottom line is, it was a wicked time. And uh, the Lord could come back at any moment, though. I don't believe that there's anything that needs to happen in the scope of prophecy, uh, regarding prophecy, before the Lord comes back for his bride. And there is a promise here in this verse that the person that does these three things, and the promise is that they will be blessed. The word blessed is the same Greek word that's found in Matthew chapter uh, 5, verses 3 through 12, that we call, often call those the Beatitudes. Uh, you know, like, blessed are the poor in spirit, or blessed are they that mourn, or blessed are the meek, etc. The Greek word is uh, makarios. It means possessing the favor of God, being marked by fullness from God. It's the idea of happiness, blessings, and fulfillment. And here in this verse, there are three requirements to receive the blessings from God. He says you need to read, you need to hear, and you need to keep. So today we're going to look at the first one of these, blessed is he that readeth. We really ought to be making uh, reading the Bible a daily practice, amen? You know, I, I, whenever I was a youth pastor, I used to tell the teenagers, focus on, I, I have a goal for every day and uh, every week doing three things. Uh, read at least one verse every day. And you say, only one verse? He goes, if you read at least one verse, probably if you pull your Bible out, you're probably going to read more than that. But at least if you go to bed at night and put your head on your pillow, start falling asleep, all of a sudden you realize, I didn't read my Bible. You know, it's easier now. We don't even have to turn on a light. Just hold, you know, grab our phone and, turn, you know, and put, open the Bible on it. Uh, but read at least one verse every day. Uh, pray at least five minutes every day. Uh, you know, even if it's just one minute a day, you'll probably pray longer than that. Uh, and then I'd say, uh, give out one track a week. Uh, have a goal that you bring tracks with you and give out one track every week. Now, you might get into a habit of doing more than that, and that's great. Sharing the gospel is an important part of being a Christian. Inviting people to our church is an important part of our church growth, amen? If I invite people to church, they'll say, well, that's the pastor's job. That's, that's it. Statistics say and tell us that when church members invite people to church, they're far more likely to come. And so uh, invite those. And those tracks are an easy way to do that. It has a little bit of information inside there about our church. And uh, have a practice of doing that. But reading the Bible needs to be a daily practice. They say practice makes perfect, right? Well, the truth is perfect practice makes perfect. Amen? 
If you practice wrong, you're going to learn wrong. Amen? And so we need to do our very best to read the Word of God consistently. We may never become perfect while we're in this flesh, for sure. Uh, but we can become more like Christ. Amen? Amen? Oh, okay. Uh, I, I was getting worried there for a second. I kind of tricked you. and I, I kind of, you know, uh, surprised you with that one, I know. But there's, a, you know, there's a lot of talk of claiming the promises of God in Christianity today. And that's good. That's a good thing. But the truth is we cannot claim the promises of God unless we read them. Unless we know what they are including their context and interpretation. And we need to be faithful to read the Word of God. You know, America was founded on the Bible. Many of our leaders throughout our history have sought the pages of the Word of God for wisdom. And George Washington said, It is impossible to righteously govern the world without God and the Bible. And our, our country was built upon this Word. It used to be assumed that this was where you needed to turn if you were going to have God's blessing on your life. Today's statistics show that only 10% of Christians read their Bibles every day. Up, only upwards to 30% read it once a week. And I don't know if they're counting during church, counting that as a, they're once a week, or I'm not sure. But. And yet the Bible is God's way of revealing to us everything that we need to live in this life. 1 Peter 1.3 tells us, According as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, through the knowledge of him that hath called us to, the glory, and for, and to glory and virtue. What, is, what gives us the knowledge of him? The Bible. Well, my Siri is trying to tell me. Uh, but uh, the, the Bible is the knowledge of him. That's where we get the knowledge of him. So he says, through the Bible, he has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Everything that you need in this life, every problem that you have, you can find the answer in the word of God. But you're going to have to read it to find out what it is. God has given to us through the knowledge of him, that is the Bible, everything that pertains to life and godliness. Everything that we need to live this life. Everything that we need to live godly lives, we can find in the Bible. But we're going to have to be faithful to open it and read it. The truth is, there are many blessings that we can gain by reading the word of God. What are the benefits of reading God's word? That's what I want to look at today. If you read the Bible... You will learn, first of all, uh, of, number one, God's promises. Aren't you grateful for God's promises today? Amen? I don't know about you, but it, it, it's very encouraging whenever I read of God's promises. It would be too many to mention if I were to list all the promises of God found in the Bible. I, I don't know if it's, uh, this is true in your life as it is in mine from time to time, but there are times when the promises of God is the only thing I have. The only thing I can see over the mound of problems that I face. And there are times that I feel so overrun by this life that I don't know if I can even make it. But I force myself to pull out a piece of this holy ammunition and I place it into my gun of prayer and I shoot up that flare to God and say, you said, fill in the blank. I'm going to hold you to that. Amen? We need all the ammunition we can get against our accuser. He's seeking whom he may devour. 
And we need the word of God. We need the promises of God. In one of the pinnacle passages regarding God's word, we find several promises. In Psalm 19, we find, first of all, that uh, several promises to make us better. That's letter A, to make us better. Psalm 19, verse 7 through 11 says, The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. <coughs> the fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping of them... There is great reward. Boy, did you hear all those things that are promises? Converting the soul means, the word converting literally means to restore the soul. Anybody ever need your soul restored every once in a while? Amen. My hand's up. I should have both of them sometimes. Making wise the simple, God's word says it does. It rejoices the heart. It enlightens the eyes. He promises to make us better. Amen. And he gives us his promises, secondly, to help us. To help us. He wants to help us. So he gives us promises to show that he will. Like for instance, I can do everything God puts along my path through Christ. Amen. Philippians 4.13 tells us I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. What a great promise. Amen. And I tell my kids that all the time. God says I can do all things through Christ. Amen. So I, I don't know if I can do I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. If he wants you to do it, then you can do it through him. He gives us promise and he, to help us in supplying all of our need. Philippians 4.19, But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. God has promised to meet our need. Amen? We need to trust in him. I'm amazed at how many Christians try to figure it out. They get into a little bit of a strait. They get into a little bit of a press between a rock and a hard place. And they said, I've got to figure this out. Hey, how about we go to God first, amen? Don't, don't stop working. <laughs> don't stop doing what you're supposed to do, amen? But depend upon God first and foremost, amen? amen. Thank you, good. Whew. Okay, depend upon God. He will supply all your need according to his riches. He has promised to be with us. Isaiah 41.10 says, for that, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will up, uh, help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Boy, we need these verses, amen? We need to read these verses so we can find them, highlight them, underline them, write them down on three by five cards, memorize them, meditate upon them. When you're going through a hard time, read verses like that and meditate upon it. And God will help you. Psalm 23, 4 says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. God is with us, amen? He's promised next to help us by leading us through this life. We're not alone. He's going to lead us. Psalm 32, 8 tells us, I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. I will guide thee with mine eye. Boy, I'm glad that he's guiding me, amen, with his eye. He could see a whole lot better from his, uh, his perspective, amen. He could see the beginning to the end. 
So if I'm going to be led by somebody, I don't want to be led by somebody that's in the, that's in the foxhole with me. I want him to see the one that can see the whole battle. Amen? And he's promised to lead us. Psalm 37, 23 and 24, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. He says, though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. <clears throat> he promises even in bad situations that he'll use them, by, uh, they'll be used by God. Romans 8, 28, we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. He's going to work it all out. Amen? And God promises in his word to help us, to make us better, to help us in this life. And thirdly, he's promised to, to, to give to us. To give to us. In his word, God promises to give us some things. First of all, he promises to give us peace. Isaiah 26.3, among many others. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. You can have peace. If you keep your mind stuck on the right place, amen? He promises that he'll give to us rest, even in the midst of working for him. Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. Even in the midst of talking about putting his yoke upon us, which is a burden for work, he says, hey, my burden is light. Compared to this world, my burden is light. He says, while working for me, you will find rest if you depend on the right thing. Amen. He promises salvation to all who call upon him. Romans 10, 13 tells us, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Aren't you glad for that? Amen. He's even promised to give us long life. I don't know about you, but that sounds, well, sometimes it sounds good. I, I don't know. Sometimes I think, you know, I just want to go to heaven. But uh, nevertheless, Exodus twenty twelve tells us, Honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God has given thee. He's promised ever, to give us everlasting kindness and love. Isaiah fifty four ten For the mountains shall depart, and the hills be removed, but my kindness shall not depart from thee. Neither shall the covenant of my peace be removed, saith the Lord that, that, that hath mercy on thee. Hey, the mountains and the hills can be removed and, and destroyed, but God's kindness stays the same. Amen? Romans 8, 35 and 39 through 39 says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, shall distress, persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other, uh, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Boy, aren't you glad for his love. Amen. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. we got to get in the Word and find these things. Amen? You discouraged today? Get in the Word. Get in the Word. It has what you need. You want wisdom? God will give it. James 1.5 If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, and that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given unto him. You want forgiveness? I do. <laughs> 
You want forgiveness? 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He promises to overabundance of blessings being given to us. Malachi 3.10 says, Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house, and prove me now herewith. Prove me. He says, test me. Just, just prove me. Prove that what I say is right, saith the Lord of hosts. If I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. Boy, we've experienced that this year. God has blessed us overabundantly. And it seems like just when we start to catch the, the, realize that God has blessed us so much, it seems like something else comes along and blesses us. And get, somebody gives us something or somebody helps us with something. And, you know, he, just, he pours out his blessing upon us. You'll only know the promises and blessings of God that are available to you if you get into the word of God. And while reading the Bible, you learn of God's promises. But you also learn of, number two, God's expectations. God's expectations. Nearly every, if not all, promises in the Bible have a condition or a requirement to see the promise fulfilled. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. If we confess our sins, he is faithful to forgive. The day, that thy days may be long if you honor your father and your mother, etc., God has expectations for his children, just as we have expectations for ours, amen? Any good parent will teach their children how to work and expect them to do their part at home. Any wise parent will expect their child to represent their family well in the community. God has ex expectations for us as well. But if we, are not, if, we, if we are to know what is expected of us, we really must be reading the Bible. 2 Timothy 3.16 tells us that all of Scripture is given to us for a purpose. In fact, four purposes. It says all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instructions in righteousness. We find four purposes here in this verse to show us. Number one, letter A, he shows us what is right. Doctrine. It's, in short, it's, it's the teaching of truth, what is right. God loves us enough to not only give us a spirit, a conscience, if you will, a, a spirit, not Holy Spirit, but I'm talking about a spirit, a, a conscience, if you will, that tells us right from wrong. But he also gives us a rock-solid standard by which we can train that conscience. Amen? Society is pulling away from what is right. They no longer recognize what is right because they're pulling away from the word of God. <coughs> that solid rock that will tell them right from wrong. But God's word reveals it to us. His expectations of what is right in this life. Secondly, he tells us what is wrong. He says for reproof. He shows us what is wrong. The word literally means to convict. The word of God is given to us to convict us when we're wrong. To show us what is wrong. Psalm 119 verse 11 says, Moreover by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping of them there is great reward. We're warned by the word of God for what is wrong. But he just doesn't just stop at that point, what is right and what is wrong, and just leave us there even. 
No, the Bible also tells us, thirdly, how to make the wrong right. He says, for correction. The Bible contains the instruction that we need to make something that is wrong into right. How to do the right thing. This last week I had to replace a part on, that had gone bad on a dryer. And I, I had no clue what I was doing. But the website that sold me the part also had a step-by-step -step instruction video on how to repair it. Amen? Praise the Lord. I am not mechanical. And, uh, you know, even following the videos, I am not mechanical. If I looked at a dryer and took it apart and looked at the dryer, I would say, I have no clue how this works. <laughs> I just, I don't have a mechanical brain. I'd be able to identify a few things, but I'd never be able to figure it out on my own, I don't think. But yet somebody that does have a mechanical brain, somebody that does know what they're doing, showed me step by step how to fix the dryer. And I did. It works. It has not burned down the house yet. Amen? And I would never have known how to make that dryer that was acting wrong into a right and working dryer had it not been for instructions. I know, men, we don't like instructions, but I've learned I need them. Amen? The Bible gives us many corrections. Example, Ephesians 6, 4, he says, And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath. Don't do the wrong but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. It teaches what is wrong, provoking children to wrath. And then the right thing to do, bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Or Proverbs 15, 32. He that refuseth instruction despiseth his own soul, but he that heareth reproof getteth understanding. What is wrong? Refusing instruction. What is right? Hearing reproof and gaining understanding. God loves us. And he wants us to do right. But when we mess up, he doesn't abandon us. Amen? He teaches us how to make the wrong right. But we need to be in the word of God to see it. Fourthly, letter D, how to keep the right right. For instruction in righteousness. God teaches us how to maintain the right the Bible tells us how to keep doing the right thing. For instance, the Bible teaches us how to manage our time. Ephesians 5, 15 through 17. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Whereby, uh, wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Colossians 4, 5. Walk in wisdom toward them that are without, redeeming the time. It teaches us how to raise our children. Proverbs 22, 6, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he shall not depart from it. He gives us examples of lives who were yielded to God. 1 Corinthians 10, 11 tells us about all the saints of the Old Testament. It says, now all these things happened unto them for examples, and they are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. Hey, I think the ends of the world are coming in our generation. Okay? And this is a, God has given us all of these examples to teach us how to keep the right right. It will do no good if we don't read what's in it. We have to go further than that, really. After we hear the truth, we have to obey it. James 1, 23 through 25 tells us, For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man beholding his natural face in a glass. The word is a mirror. The idea is the mirror. He looks at his mirror, and he beholdeth himself, and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he is. 
But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. You know, I, I remember one time whenever I was traveling for uh, the company that I used to work for, and I, I had to go and visit a Christian school that day. And I was supposed to preach uh, chapel for them that day. I was going to stand before probably 100, 150 kids and teenagers and preach. And I woke up in my hotel room and I walked over to the sink. The bathroom was, had a separate place for the shower and stuff. And the sink was outside. And I walked up and looked in the mirror. And I looked in the mirror. I said, you know, I'm looking pretty good. <laughs> you, know, I, I, you know, I think I might be losing some weight. I, I don't know. And I was like, you know, I, I look looking all right. And I reached over and flipped on the light. I wanted to turn it back off. Once the light was shed on me, and I looked at and beholded my face in the glass, how foolish would it have been for me to go and preach chapel and not change my hair, not shave my scruffy look, you know, and not dress appropriately. If I had seen myself in my t-shirt, I said, eh, I'm fine, and just go on. What a fool I would have been, Amen. Hey, the Bible says what a fool it is to see themselves in the mirror of God's word. See the things that you need to do and just go your way and don't do them. No, be a hearer of the word and a doer also. And so to do this, we must have the third thing that we find that scripture gives us. God's promises, God's expectations, and then thirdly, we find God's grace. Theologians for millennia have called reading the scripture one of the means of grace. In other words, the thing that we can do to invite God's grace in our lives. The Bible tells us all, all throughout its pages of the benefits of this book. And when we read its pages, we gain the grace of God to help us. First of all, it helps us, letter A, gain more faith. Romans 10, 17 tells us, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing the word of God. You need more faith? Get in the book. As we read the word, we gain more faith to obey it. Reading the word will also help us, let her be, gain more purity. John 17, 17, Jesus is praying and he says, Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. God's word purifies us from the inside out. As we read the truth, the word of God, Jesus said it sanctifies us. The word meant to make clean, to render pure. How does it do that? Well, that's connected to the next point, to gain more cleansing. Psalm 119 tells us, Wherewith shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. He helps us and gives us and to help us gain more cleansing, to be more clean. The Word of God helps us clean our way, a cleaner walk in this life. Billy Graham said, The very practice of reading the Bible will have a purifying effect upon your mind and heart. Let nothing take the place of this daily exercise. How important it is that we get into the Word of God. Number four, not only gain more faith, gain more purity, gain more cleansing, but number D, I, I could have gone on forever, so I just said gain so much more, amen? Gain so much more. For instance, for leaders, it'll help them to lead righteously. Deuteronomy 17, before there ever was a king for Israel, God made a plan for them. 
Deuteronomy 17, he commanded them, and it, shall be, and it shall be when he sitteth upon the throne of his kingdom that he shall write him a copy of this law in a book out of that which is before the priests of the Levites. And it shall be with him, and he shall read therein all the days of his life, and he may, uh, that he may learn to fear the Lord his God and to keep all his words of this law and these statutes and do them, that his heart may not be not lifted up above his brethren, and that he turn not aside from the commandment to the right hand or to the left, to the end that he may prolong his days in his kingdom, he and his children in the midst of Israel. We need some leaders today that are going to get into this word. Amen. We need people that understand the importance of God's word. If we're not going to get it in government, we need to find it in our homes. We need to find it in our churches. We need to find it in our Sunday school classes. We need to find it anywhere we can in our businesses. We need to get into the word of God. It'll give everyone wisdom and understanding. Psalm 118 verse 130 tells us, The entrance of thy words giveth light, and it giveth understanding unto the simple. It helps us to grow in grace and knowledge. He says, But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. We grow in knowledge by the word of God. And thereby, he says, we grow in grace. Truly, so much more. It's an education that you cannot afford to miss. In fact, another president of ours, Theodore Roosevelt, said, a thorough knowledge of the Bible is worth more than a college education. Amen? You know, the Word of God holds all that we need for this life. How foolish we are to not dig into the pages. To get what we need for this life. Kenyon Wilson, a professor at the University of Tennessee in Chattanooga, wanted to test whether any of his students fully read the syllabus for his music seminar. Of the more than 70 students enrolled in the class, none apparently did. Professor Wilson said he knows this because on the second page of the three-page syllabus, he included the location and the combination to a locker inside of which was a $50 cash prize. He says, free to the first who claims, locker 147, combination 15, 25, 35. Read the passage, uh, 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 that's what the passage said in the syllabus. But when the semester ended on December 8th, students went home and he went to the locker and it had been unclaimed. He said, my semester-long experience has come to an end. He posted on Facebook. Today I retrieved the unclaimed treasure. Christians hold within their hands vast riches of Scripture, and yet many never read it. They never fully understand what's theirs. Psalms 19.10 says, More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey in the honeycomb. We have the answer. We have the combination to unlock the joys of this life. But we must do the work and read the syllabus. Within the pages of the Bible, you'll find many great and precious promises. But with those promises comes expectations of how we ought to live. But God does not give us unreasonable expectations. In fact, he gives us his grace to help us fulfill those expectations. What are you going to do this year 
with the Bible that you hold in your hands? Are you going to allow it to remain closed? Or will you open it daily and help bring the blessings of God upon our church? Are you going to have a part in bringing God's blessings to us? Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for today. We thank you for the many promises in Scripture that we've read today. Oh, how important it is for us to read the Word of God and apply it to our lives. I pray that you would bless us today and help us. In Jesus' name, I pray these things. Amen. We're going to skip the invitation today, and we're going to go straight into the communion time. I ask the gentlemen to come forward that are going to serve communion.